Welcome, friends, to Finding Her, a podcast that dives deep into personal development, creating a brand and business, self-management skills, and how to build that damn village, to name a few. I am your host, Julia Busby, a special education teacher by day that is working hard at building a brand, business, and community that will bring awareness and personal growth through weekly episodes. These weekly episodes will entail discussing topics we all have a hard time talking about in society. Just like you, I am a human juggler in this life, a wife who despises housework, and a mother of three. My passion is to serve others. So are you ready to learn? Let's do this. Welcome, y'all, to episode 19 of Finding Her. I am your host, Julia Busby, and today's title of the show is The New Normal. So let's think. We, as humans on this earth go through a handful of transitions. Some of them are great. Some of them are getting married. Some are having babies. Some are going to college. Um, some are moving out when you turn 18. But let's talk about those unexpected transitions and how we deal with them and how we self-regulate and we manage all the feels and we put steps together to change our purpose, to find another route in life, just to not give up. So those unexpected transitions are the ones that are hard, the ones that really are making us think about our lives and what we're going to do with ourselves when things unexpectedly happen. So I'm talking about losing a job career, maybe starting a new business, um, failing at something that you thought that you could actually handle. Um, divorce, loss of a loved one, um, any of those things, a medical diagnosis, um, limit limitations on your physical ability. Those are just some examples. So today we're going to talk about transitions and throughout the show with the experience that my guest has gone through on her own journey on this life, think about replacing that with your own transition. She still went through all the stages of grief and anger and really trying to turn her life around after her transition. So you could easily translate that into your life. So I'm really, really excited. I met her online and her name is Jordan Ray. She is the founder and chief executive officer of Limitless Medical Logs. She created, manages, and operates Limitless Medical Logs, which provides doctor-recommended medical logs for patients battling serious health conditions. The log provides a way for people to accurately track their pain and symptoms daily. Patients and physicians need the log's unlimited options for daily accurate tracking to enhance their treatment plan for their particular diagnosis or diagnoses. Our guest today, Jordan Ray, was born in Davie, Florida and grew up in Wellington, Florida. She excelled as a student athlete. She began playing softball at the age of four, so cute then began her competitive career in softball at age eight. She competed in travel for from ages eight to 17, being involved in the highest level of softball, travel, traveling throughout the United States competing. Jordan's life was softball since age four. Her dream was to be a D1 athlete at a university. Her plans were driven from softball. Okay. Jordan and her story have been featured in the Palm Beach Post, the Sun Sentinel, the Town Crier, ESPN, numerous magazine covers, speaking events, podcast interviews, and she is also the Wellington hometown hero. I'd like to announce my guest for today, CEO of Limitless Medical Logs, Jordan Ray. Welcome to the show, Jordan Ray. Thank you for having me. 
Yay, I'm so excited about this conversation we're going to have. So what are you grateful for today? It's a good question. I am very grateful for the pain and adversity I've faced the past few years. They've given me an opportunity for growth and, and just made me a stronger person all the way around. I love that. For me, um, I'm grateful for support we have in our community. I am grateful for meeting new friends and new people that have made it through challenges, including myself. <laughs> yeah, I love that. All right. So tell me a little bit about this. So I know from our conversation, our short conversation last weekend, that you fell in love with a specific sport from a really young age. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I uh, my I was four years old, and my parents put me in softball. And the first practice, I instantly fell in love with the sport, and I knew this is what I wanted to do for as long as I possibly could. And by that age, I I was playing rec ball, so like t-ball. And so it's mm -hmm. not that competitive there. You're just out there living your life, having a good time. And when I turned eight, nine years old, my parents put me in – travel ball. And that's where it got very competitive at eight, nine years old. And I had my goal set to be a college athlete. And at that point, it wasn't just my goal. It was my whole family's goal because our lives revolved around me and this sport. We would play and, and practice and be on the field for 13 to 15 hours per day for tournaments. And that was for 10 years straight traveling throughout wow. the whole United States. So yeah, it, it was it, it was a big part of my life and my family's life, and and it's just incredible memories that came from this sport. I love that, and you know, like as a child, like my parents didn't do or allow the sports thing. I mean, my brother did a little bit of stuff, but it was like more rec ball. Mm -hmm. So you know, my kids do a whole bunch of sports and all that stuff, and it's like got to take this person here, got to take this person there. Um, we did do a little bit of competitive um, lacrosse and basketball. Um, so I, I understand the time commitment, but your family's, you know, ability to let you have that opportunity and, and support you from being so tiny. Yeah. I'm really grateful <laughs> Playing for it. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole softball community, you know, is just a huge family thing. And, but the sacrifices your family made for you to be able to travel all over like state state wise or taking plane trips and doing all that stuff. I mean, that's just so amazing. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and my brother would kind of just had to, he had to tag along everywhere. He didn't have a choice because that was every, every weekend. That's what we were doing. We were at tournaments from Friday to Monday morning, we'd get back or Sunday, very late at night. So that's was our weekends for, like I said, 10, 11 years. Wow. So, all right. We've established that ball is life <laughs> down in, you're, you're in Florida, right? Yes, I am South Florida. Okay. So does that, does the weather like help with it being, being a sport? That's something that's played more than yeah. in areas over here. Yeah. Definitely. Cause I'm in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah. it rains. So like uh, Texas, Florida, California, um, we're able to perform and play year round. Other places, 
it's a little harder, like New York. I mean, even Chicago, mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just always hot here. So we're always able to be outside. And, and that's a big thing because I had some friends that were in places where it would snow and they could not play. But I was in 80 degree weather practicing. So it does, the weather does help, but not when you're in those states. Right. So you had even more advantage of your training and all that. And I mean, there was probably a lot of other um, athletes that just train so hard and come out of the state of Florida is is what I'm getting to. All right. And then, and then did you have your eyes set on a certain college or were you just like, I'm going all the way? We're, we're going to be going to college as a D1 athlete. Like what was going on there? I had my mind set to be a D1 athlete. Um, I met the coach at the University of Florida when I was 10 years old. And I, I was actually on the softball field when I met him. I was there for a football game. And I, and I said to him, I'm like, I will play for you when I get to college. And so that was my set school that I wanted to play for. But when I got started with the recruiting process, I didn't have a chance to get with him as much and talk with him. There was other schools that I was able, that were able to look at me when I was playing in travel ball, but my mind and my goal was set to be a D1 athlete. And I wanted to play for the university of Florida. That's so amazing. Like to have that direction, to have that mindset, to have that um, already built in, Mm -hmm. you know, You were a little workhorse on the softball field. Oh, yeah. You were on a mission. Yeah. I I mean, I I never gave up on the sport. And and I faced uh, a lot of adversity when I was playing. I was always injured. Um, I was 14. I had ankle surgery. And it was my ankle surgeon said, you need to get the surgery now or you won't be playing anymore. And I had a lot of broken bones. And so I faced the adversity. And and that is another thing I'm grateful for, being able to overcome that and never give up and say, you know, keep fighting. This isn't the end of it. Right. Because this, this, some things happen in our lives that we can't control, you know. Right. And sometimes it's so hard, whether that be a death of a loved one or a divorce or loss of job or you know, a relocation, um, especially when we have to find a new normal, mm-hmm. that's, you know, it, it's hard. And it's like, how do you find your support system? And what should you do? Where do I start? You know? Yeah. And um, it's just adjusting to it. I mean, you, you can't focus on what you can't control, focus on what you can control. And the future, not right. yesterday. I'm right. working on that still. Yeah. <laughs> so continue on with what so you're now in high school right Mm -hmm. before college so you just um my I get into my freshman year I had a very good little middle school career uh my eighth grade I think was my best year and I go into actually my eighth grade that's when I had my surgery so For the ankle? Yeah, for my ankle. I finished the season, and then I think it was in, like, June or something. I had the surgery, and the surgeon was like, it's going to be eight months recovery. And I'm like, I have three months, so it's not going to be eight months because 
in August, we started conditioning for high school and I was going into my freshman year and I That's wanted, huge. yeah, I wanted to be on varsity. And he says to me, it's going to be eight months. I'm like, no, it's not. So I pushed myself and I got it down to the three months for recovery. So I had, are an, you superwoman? Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew what I wanted. I was driven to get on the ball field. I wanted to be on the varsity team my freshman year. And that's what I fought for. So Um, physical physical therapy was like slow down slow down Jordan yeah yeah he definitely was (laughs) Um, so my freshman year I had a phenomenal freshman year and I bounced back from varsity and JV we had a very Mm -hmm. good varsity and JV team and that's kind of rare to have both Mm -hmm. so I was the second string um third baseman that's the position I played because the third baseman was a senior so what my coach had me do was he had me watch her for every game every practice and and work with her all the time because he had me stepping up when she graduated and so okay so then my freshman year was just phenomenal between both of the sports and both of the teams and then my sophomore year has been was my best year and when I say softball wise, my mom, when I was 16, so my sophomore year got diagnosed with breast cancer during season. And Mm. I was also doing travel. So I did school, school ball, travel ball as well. Um, So just, I'm so grateful for having softball at that time, because it got me through this adversity we had to face. And I, I, you know, I never knew that it would happen at such a young age for my mom. And then for me also, because I was at the age where you understand, but you still don't really. Right. And, and even kids that are, you know, 10, like they know like what cancer is, you know, right. And especially with like breast cancer too. So she wasn't able to um, travel as much with you because she had to have treatments and stuff. Yeah, right? that was kind of the hardest thing um, because she was always at all my games. And then it got mm-hmm. to a point where she couldn't travel. And it was just, uh, I think it was just my dad and I traveling. And, you know, I, it was hard, you know, looking into the stands and knowing that she wasn't there because she was fighting this illness. And, and that right. was really difficult for me. So, but she fought for a little over a year and she this year will be five years in um, remission. So oh, I love that. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome. And then you had such a huge built in support from the softball community with your school and your travel ball. Oh, and yeah, definitely. all of that because because most of the players you'd probably been playing with since you were really young. Mm hmm. Yep. Okay. So it's like a family. Oh yeah, definitely. You, you know, we started playing together, um, some T-ball, rec ball when you're four or five, but you really start remembering everybody when you're eight, nine. And that's, I stayed on one travel team for, I think six to seven years. So, Mm -hmm. and we were all together for those seven years. We never had different people, uh, come in. Okay. So you're working hard. You're a sophomore. We had this transition with mom getting sick. Um, you still pushed forward. You missed her being there in the stands, but you were playing still. Um, and then mom, um, got better and then was able to come back out out onto the field at some time to watch you. Right. Yeah. And she went into remission. It was now my junior year. Um, March, 
of 2015. So she saw a few games and three weeks, so three weeks to a month after she went into remission, we were playing a district game. It was April 13th of 2015. And I unexpectedly blacked out on the softball field. I was playing third base. It was our district game. And, and when it first happened, I thought I just fell and so did everybody else. Cause I was very clumsy. Like I said, I had a bunch of injuries before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so I Jordan, get up. <laughs> yeah. Well, pretty much that's what it was. My coach was very hard on me. He, there was a point where he said to me for third base, it's, it, it's the hot corner. It's a very, out of all the positions, it's a very dangerous position. And he would say to me every practice, if you don't tell me what kind of gum the girl is chewing who's batting, you will be on the bench. So he he was very strict with me because he knew my ability and what I had going for me. Um, so when I, when I blacked out, it was kind of like, get up, you're fine. You know, put some dirt on it. Um, and I just had an excruciating migraine instantly, neck and back pain. But this was the first inning, and I went back to my position, and I was just kind of standing there. And the other coach looked at me, who was for the other team, and he said to me, you're not all right. And I just shook my head. He got the trainer. She was checking me out for a few innings, but I kept playing because I'm not giving up no matter what. You can't pull me out of the game. Right, and and you didn't exactly know what it was Exactly. Either. Yeah, so you're like, so, there's no crying in baseball yeah, or softball. Yeah, pretty much. You know, when you're younger, they just say there's no crying, rub dirt on it, you're fine. And that's what was installed in me. And, and after the fourth inning, she pulled me out. She concussion protocol. And uh, to move along, I still, after the game, I still wasn't okay. I went to an orthopedic about a week or two later. I wasn't back in school yet because I just mentally was not there. And he just says to me, you have whiplash, you're fine. And I'm like, all right, great. I'll get back on the ball field soon. And then I'm sitting in my neurosurgeon's office in August. I've just experienced 50 migraines straight. And he says to me, I think I know what you have. He sent me for testing. I was still 17 at this time. I come back in September. My birthday is the 25th, September 25th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He diagnosed me five days before my birthday. He said I have something called Chiari malformation. And when he first said that, it kind of just went over my head. Like, what the heck is that? I've never heard of it. And he told me it's a serious neurological disorder where my cerebellum extends into my spinal canal. So my cerebrospinal fluid got blocked to my brain when I hyperextended my neck on that play. So it all started to make sense. Yeah. And um, my first question to him after he kind of explained it to me, I just said to him, listen, will I ever be able to put a uniform back on and and be able to fulfill these potential scholarships? And Mm -hmm. he just looked at me and he shook his head and he said, you will never be able to suit up again. Yeah, it it just absolutely broke my heart. And everything he said after that, just I didn't hear it because I didn't want to hear it. And you started going through that process like it's like shock, you know. It was. I I was in shock and I I was scared instantly. And the biggest thing was, like I said earlier, our goal as a family was to for me to be a college athlete. And between the time where my mom went into her mission and the blackout, 
that month, we were actually touring universities that were interested in me. So I was able to experience that with my family, the excitement of our goal right there. And all I needed to do was get past this last year. And two weeks Mm. after that little tour we did, it was all over. So at that time, once, like, how long do you think you were in shock for? Like, were you ever really able to, like, were you not sleeping all of a sudden now? Like, what were, did you have to have surgery after this? Yeah. Um, from that hyperextension in your neck? Um, did it cause damage is what I'm, I'm yeah, alluding, well, alluding to. I actually found out that I was born with this illness. And I didn't know that because... Nothing happened for the symptoms to flare. So me blacking out or hyperextending my neck, causing the blackout, caused everything to flare up and and the illness to really appear. Um, But after that uh, appointment, I went to a few more doctors to get second and third opinions. I come back (laughs) to my same neurosurgeon in October, the, the middle of October, and he just says to me, get ready, kid, you're having brain surgery. So that how was, old are you at this time? 17? I just turned 18, like mm. a week before. Okay. So um, that was shock number two, the diagnosis and, and not being able to play ball anymore, but him just straight up saying, get ready, kid, you're having brain surgery. So from October, we scheduled it December 1st of that year. So two months wow. later. Um, so I, between that time, it I was really rough. I was kind of in a dark place where it was like, I just lost everything. Your no health, school. Like, are you taking time off from school during this I time? I went, but honestly, my teachers were actually very good with what I was going through. They would help me more. And, um, but I probably missed about 75% of my senior years, maybe 60%. Um, right. Because, because this so is a sick. huge deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So the surgery was December 1st. It was a Tuesday and it was 10 hours. I was in ICU, the kids wing for five days. And it was just a really rough year all around. And to this day, I'm 21 now and I'm still fighting this illness, still trying to find, there's no cure for it, but I can find management tools that can help me. I have extreme daily migraines, neck pain, back pain, memory loss. Um, There's a whole laundry list of symptoms that I'm dealing with. And I've been dealing with this since 17. So what I'm hearing is, is going through all these experiences and, you know, they're traumatic, especially when you lose a self, your self of identity, your safety, your who am I like, what am I going to do now? But then also taking it to another level because even daily living skills are impacted. So it's not only softball, you know, as your, your path in life, but then you're, like you said, you're like, you can get up in the morning and you can not have a good morning. And, you know, it's really your resiliency and your strength, I think will really benefit you because you're you're really learning how to live with this condition. Right, and that actually brings up a really good two points is 
to this day, I'm still struggling with accepting the new limitations and my new quality of life, knowing Mm -hmm. that I cannot do 13 to 15 hours per day anymore. There's some days I can't even get out of bed. It's so bad, but I do what I can to fight through. And just kind of the mental journey for me, it's just, it's brutal because I felt like I was permanently sidelined. I was permanently put on the bench for softball and nobody Mm -hmm. wants to be on the bench. So, and losing your health, which is the most important thing to a person. So I lost both of those in less than three seconds. And two, like, this isn't track and field. This is not a single person sport. So you're also feeling that guilt and loss because you're not a part of the team. And if you were the third, third base, you know, it's like, oh, are they going to be able to find somebody that could do it? And then you're like, I can do it better than that, you know, but you can't anymore. Right, exactly. And that's kind of why I didn't stop playing when I blacked out that game because it was a district game. You go from season districts to regionals and states. So it was a very important game. And, and I knew if I gave up on my team and, and I, I had to stop, it would in a way affect them you know, really heavily. So uh, we had people behind me. We had, I think, two or three other third basemen. But it's Mm -hmm. just the, I was the starter there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, working with the shortstop, we were were in sync on how we played. And if you pull me out, put someone else in, it changes everything. So, yeah, it's just, it's guilt I deal with a lot too. I feel guilty with my family because they have to deal with this with me and but I can't control it it's out of my control it's out of their control but it's just something you always think about um because I feel bad it's it's a lot on everybody and you get stuck so you're just like okay I gotta move forward I gotta change my mindset I gotta be positive you know this is now not yesterday Mm -hmm. but what so you must have been going to like a billion doctor's appointments and like how did you keep all your information together was there some tool or something that you used to keep all of your medical stuff in order because like you're hearing you know you're saying that you're going to tons of doctor's appointments and Mm -hmm. you know all the questions like how do you remember all that stuff right so the first few appointments I didn't have anything and I felt even more stressed because I could not remember what the past few days were for me. So after a few appointments and actually an idea for something like this popped into my head when my mom was struggling with all of her treatments and her appointments, um, I looked for a medical log, just an all-in-one medical log for um, for me to accurately track all my pain and, and symptoms. So when I go back to my doctor, I was able to accurately pinpoint the pain. So I didn't have something like that for the first few appointments. And then I decided to create one. I I saw that I just lost everything to me. And I didn't want to be so depressed and and so upset. I wanted to make something out of this and know there was a reason that all of this was happening. So I saw the need for our medical logs. And um, I... It helped me at the appointment to push through and be able to speak to these doctors and really communicate with them well 
about what's been going on. So right, I, because you could you could write details down if you had a bad day. This is the symptoms I was yeah. experiencing, and then that would help you with your memory. Now I have a question too. Was your was your short term memory or your memory um, long term? Do you have any issues with remembering past things, or is it just like certain things throughout your days? So your short term memory was affected at this. It's short term, long term. I mean, some things like it's weird, like names and people who I I've known for a while, remembering their faces and just their names, and that that kind of scares me a little bit. But it's more um, short term. Okay. So this is going to, so for my listeners, like short-term memory, like if you have a deficit in short-term memory, that's like a huge, like getting out of bed, remembering steps to routines that you once had. Um, If you're remembering directions or anything related to those things, like it's so like for me, I would take that for granted, you know, and you probably did too a long time oh, yeah. ago. And then now you're like, what? I yeah. know you. I, in my mind, like, I know your face. It's like deja vu, you know? Right. Yeah. You're like, I know your face. And then it's like, the people are like, I hope so. Like, yeah, we've been playing forever. And then, you know, that just makes you feel like not great. So I love this. You made the book. Mm-hmm. So this means that you are a businesswoman. Yes, it is. That's so awesome. And I love how your transition and your grief process and the pain that you went through with loss and and all of this and loss of identity led you to take your skills and your strength and your resilience, resiliency and your just badassness to <laughs> make something to help people. Yeah. And that's really what I wanted to do because I saw the need for it. I saw, I was struggling so much between the appointments and I I was like, I knew that I needed to create something like this because others are in the same shoes. So it it just, you know, allowing me to collaborate with the doctors and, and just be able to feel like I'm taking full control of my health. I lost control of my health because it wasn't under my control. So being able to feel like I'm accurately tracking everything and taking control of it, it just does something to you. And for me, I believe that most businesses are created with the desire to help people. And that's why I created my company, Limitless Medical Logs, because I want to help people. That's so amazing. I love that. And your story and, you know, you think of medical logs just being for like the older generation in, in a, in a medical community, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it helps everyone. Right. I mean, I'm 21 and I use it and I prefer to, to jot down everything that's going on because I can go back and see in my own handwriting. It's very therapeutic when I can just get it out right away instead of stressing about it. Did I write it down? Did I put it somewhere? Did I put in my notes? You can have it. It's an all in one. It's right there. Everything you need. Right. And it it is a tool for you to remain independent and be able to use your voice and advocate for yourself because you have this information. Right. Um, regardless, like if, if mom or your dad or somebody that wasn't with you at the appointment was like, how did it go? And then you're like, oh, okay. I remember some little things, but maybe you'd leave something out when you could just grab the book and then be like, okay, this is what happened. Blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Yeah. And there's actually a story I always tell with that, but, um, 
I, after the surgery, it, it was a success, but it wasn't in a way because I'm still dealing with everything. And mm-hmm. I was now at my sixth neurosurgeon and everyone before told me they don't know how to help me because I have scar tissue now growing in the back of my head where the surgery was blocking the flow to my brain. So, um, wait, this is, this isn't, this is not good. Yeah, it's not. So trying to figure out what to do now with that, that is my next step. But the story is it's the caregiver side. Um, I had the book filled out and the doctor walked in, I started hysterically crying and I could not stop. And because I knew what he was going to say, he was going to say, I don't know how to help you. And when you get that so many times and when you're in so much pain, it just affects you differently. So my mom was with me. She had the book in her hands and she was able to open it and say, hey, doc, this is how she's been feeling the past week, the past month, the past three months. So that's kind of the caregiver side of it. And, you know, being able to track in the 52-week tracker, so the log is for a whole year, and it has human body charts where you can pinpoint everything. And with what you said prior to with the appointments, there's an appointment notes section. So you're eliminating the guesswork with how you've been doing when the doctor says, how have you been doing? And you're like, I don't know. But you're able to say, hey, doc, I have some questions to ask you about what's been going on the past few weeks. Right. And not only that, like, I don't everybody is like so into tech now, you know, mm-hmm. like here's my appointment calendar and all the stuff. I love the regular pen and paper, maybe because I'm a hundred years yeah. old, but, um, you know, even with the whole goal on that book too, which I love is giving you the opportunity to do it yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. We want to keep people independent. We need to just give them supports that they need to be successful. So, you know, if you were to, especially with your short term memory, like if you were to use the calendar on your phone or this, you know, like there could be things missing or you could remember steps to take to use that. So it's good to have something that's tangible. You know, you're holding it. It's not. Yeah. The internet goes down and you still have your information. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, even still to this day, these, these doctors want you to turn off your phone, put it away. Technology fails. Uh, I've had times where I'd put an appointment in my phone and then also write it down and it doesn't save in my phone. And then if I didn't write it down, I would have been screwed. So that's, a, you know, we do have products coming out soon to enhance the technology side of it. But I just, I love the medical log. I love being able to have it in my hands and write it down because you never know what's going to fail and and pen and paper do not fail. Right. And that, you know, with my profession with special ed, we take a lot of data. Everything's driven by data, data, data. And like I I meet people in my profession and they're like, I use Google and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And we just, the assistants use the iPads and all the stuff. And I'm like, well, okay, for one, it's going to take me forever to get that done. But, you know, just give it to me on paper. I just need to see it. It's so easy to transfer it onto that little line for the day. Or it makes me think of, I love that part of your book on the 52 week tracker. Mm -hmm. Because you can see progress, you can see areas where maybe it was more difficult. And then you can look at those dates. And then maybe your mom or somebody else or even your doctors, they'd be able to look and say, hey, these three days that you had in week 70 or week 17 
um, what was happening there, you know, like it really, the data, especially taken down to that extent, really tells a story. Right. It does. And that's exactly what it is. In the back of the book, I have a page, write your story. Um, so yeah, with the 52 week tracker, I mean, I just used it the other day where it was really convenient for me. I went back to my neurosurgeon and every week it's on one page a whole week. So I was mm-hmm. able to scan through and say, oh, I had five migraines this week. So I put on the top of the page, five migraines, intensity range, seven to 10 or eight out of 10. That literally took me 15 seconds to do that. So it's not like you're taking so much time out of your day, right? In the morning, how you're doing throughout the day, just jot down migraine is still seven out of 10. Maybe I had physical therapy in an hour, put that down. So it's just seeing it. It's just so great. And and knowing that once you write that down, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. And you've got, you know, like being able to say, hey, I know like when we first talked, you were like, okay, I'm on the East Coast. And I was like, all right, let's figure out, you know, being from the Pacific Northwest. And then you're like, okay, well, um, you're like, mornings are better for me. Mm Mm-hmm. So using your book, you know that, and obviously you've been going through this journey for a while now. So it's like, okay, how can we get Jordan the support she needs to be successful? Because she has a share, she has a message that everyone needs to hear. Right. So I was like, all right, I'll get up early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, thank and then you for that. I will, yeah, I will come, I will make this experience the best for her because this is what you need. So, um, and that's what my whole life revolves around at work with high school kids. So, um, I, I do see that huge community piece too. now being a high school special ed teacher. I used to be elementary. So I see that whole community, like with how into sports they are and how everybody's wearing the school out school sweatshirts and shirts and, Mm -hmm. you know, going to all the games and athletes are really, you know, a symbol of the school and athleticism and strength and ability. So, yeah. And that was kind of like the coolest thing where I I loved game days in high school and just being able to wear the Jersey to school. And, and, you know, some people say they, they hated high school. And for me, I hated the school part, like the work, because I just wasn't good at, you know, the schoolwork. I love the social aspect. And I knew after every day, I either had a game day or a practice for softball. So that's kind of, I jumped out of bed every morning, so excited to put, you know, my jersey on and wear it around school, be told, you know, good luck in the game. A lot of people would come out and support. And it, it was just great. I love that atmosphere of high school and even even uh, travel ball. All right. So I have a few more questions and then we'll go ahead and wrap up and, and we can tell our listeners where we can get in contact with you, where we can read more about you um, and how we can get our hands on a medical log. Sure thing. So totally heard the shock, the grief, like, where do you think you are in your process right now? Like, like we're still getting a grasp on, on what your new normal looks like. Are you still in grief? Like, do you go in and out of that? Um, the, the guilt and the grief, no, because I'm still trying to find acceptance for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's going to take me a little bit 
And I know battling this illness, it's going to be a long-term thing. So it's just Mm -hmm. slowly making progress with it. Um, My mental health in in all aspects, I'm very happy with the company Mm -hmm. and what I'm doing with that because that gets me out of bed every morning. Softball got me out of bed every morning when I was younger. Now it's my company. So if I didn't have my company – I would probably be very depressed and and Mm -hmm. angry all the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm still angry with my health and and it's just very frustrating to be in so much pain 24-7. So it's just, it's a working progress. And I think that sometimes like when we go through pain and adversity and, and a transition happens to where it changes everything in your life, like you're like, okay, my purpose, I thought my purpose was to play baseball to experience life working hard you know you have all your great characteristics and your qualities that made you an amazing ball player Mm -hmm. but then you're like I need to have a new normal what can my purpose be and and yours is serving so you know and creating and being out there to help people and to teach people that you know not only is this important because you have these medical logs. I mean, that creation, that business piece, that's amazing. But your strength to say, I'm still here. Right. Yeah. Is and, uh, something feel- that a lot of people don't have. Right. Yeah. And, and I feel like I, I found my purpose and that that's what keeps me going. This month is Kiari Awareness Month and our ribbon color is purple. And the village of Wellington, that's where I live, Wellington, Florida, They have been a huge support to me starting the company, anything I need. What they did this month is they lit our town clock purple for the whole month of September to support me and all the others battling this illness. I just got chills. (laughs) I love that. That's so amazing. And how many people are affected by this condition? I think 200,000 cases per year. So that's like... In the it's, medical, it's rare. It's not that rare, though. But okay. nobody really knows about it. Oh, that's so frustrating because it's like I could see you in there, and you're like, "Help me, help me!" And they're like, "Well, it's this, or yeah. it's this. Oh, we don't know." And you're like, "What the? Yeah. What do you mean you don't know?" Right. Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, I loved this conversation. I can't wait for everybody to hear it, but. As we close out the show, how can we get in touch with you? Like your all the all the Instagram handle and Facebook and all that. Can you share that with us? Yeah, my Instagram is Jordan Ray R A Y twenty five. I actually get a lot of people that reach out to me on Instagram and and they kind of share their story. They they thank me for sharing mine and be being so open to do so. Mm-hmm. So if you have a story to share, just you know send it over um, and. Facebook is Limitless Medical Logs, and Mm -hmm. same with Instagram as well. And the website is www.limitlessmedicallogs.com. And also, um, the email is on there. If you send an email with your story, it'll take me a little bit to get back to you, but I will get back to you. Yeah, yeah. You're pretty on top of all your stuff, too. I like that. I was like, woof, this girl's got it going on. (laughs) And is there a something? So I'm going to put that in the show notes too. So um, all your contact information and all that stuff. And I know that you were planning to, with the medical log book of my listeners, um, wanted one, sorry, blank, um, wanted one and were interested in one. You were offering a 
10% discount. Was that yeah. right? I'll do okay. a 10% discount and I'll send you what the code will be. So you can put it in the show notes, but when they go to checkout, there's, it'll say like, where did you find us? And you just put like other and, and put this show and, and you'll get the 10% off. Awesome. 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 I can't wait to buy one and share it with other people because especially with our, our school district or parents, you know, um, yeah. I serve a, a really disability medical conditions or like somebody that fell or had an accident and they now have a TBI like mm-hmm. and their families are trying to navigate all of that school um them going to work the doctor's appointments like getting their kids in to see specialists and try to get answers so I can't wait to spread that for thank you. for everybody that. yes and thank you so much for calling in and that's the end Oh my God, Becky, finding her is over. Please go ahead and leave me a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. Also on IG Stories, Becky, go ahead and take a snapshot of your favorite episode, share it on the gram, tag me in it, and add your biggest takeaway from that show. That would mean the world to me and I would actually repost it on my gram to show you that I love getting those responses. Last but not least, I would like to share big news, drum roll. I just made a Facebook community. It's called Finding a Village. It is a group of like-minded women that are empowered to learn skills to be the best versions of themselves together. So go ahead and check that out. Add yourself to the group and I will see you next week.